My name is Glenn Patterson. I'm a writer and also director of the Seamus Heaney Centre at Queen's. We've just left Queen's University, Freshers Week. In fact, it's the first day of semester and we are heading south. We're on the Malone Road. The Malone Road at one time was the main road in to Belfast from uh, Dublin. We're heading down to the border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. And it's about, a, at most, an hour's drive from, from Belfast, 49 miles, something like that, from the centre of, of Belfast. The border runs for 310 miles, uh, 499 kilometres, depending on whether you're looking at it from the south or the north. If you're looking at it from the north, it's 499 kilometres. If you're looking at it from here, it's uh, still in miles. At one stage, at the height of the Troubles, there were probably only a couple of dozen active crossings. Uh, most of those would have been heavily militarised. Um, any unapproved roads uh, were either uh, blocked. In some cases, they were, they were actually just blown up. Bridges were dismantled. Um, so it was a, it was a very militarised border for a quarter of a century. For the last 20 years, um, since the Belfast Agreement, Good Friday Agreement of 1998, um, the border has become uh, far more uh, permeable. And it is actually almost impossible in, in most places to know when you've crossed from Northern Ireland into the Republic. Ahead of me uh, are the Belfast Hills, they run in a, an almost unbroken line across the, the western edge of the city. Uh, there's Black Mountain and Divis Mountain. People can never remember which one's which. And the reason that you can't actually remember which is which is because the Divis comes from the Irish for Duv, meaning black. So it's Black Mountain and Black Mountain. And further on, uh, there's Cave Hill, very, very, very um, important. Uh, landmark in the in the city. Belfast sits in a uh, almost in a bowl, surrounded by hills. So on the east side we have the Craig Antlet Hills and the Hollywood Hills, and they're much more gentle than these really rather dramatic ones in front of me here, Black Mountain and Divis Mountain. But they still offer wonderful views across the city. C.S. Lewis grew up in East Belfast. Uh, grew up at the foot of the Craig Antlet Hills. And the suggestion is, or certainly the story we like to tell in Belfast, is that uh, the idea for Narnia comes from his walks in the Craig Antlet Hills as a child. And you get that sense of this as a, as a very enclosed city with a, a narrow little strip of road coming in and a lock at the far end of it to get you out as fast as you can by boat. So we've just joined the M1 motorway. Um, we're heading towards, just passing a sign that says Dublin 101. Seamus Heaney came to Queen's University uh, in his teens as, a, as a, an undergraduate student. And it was at Queen's that Seamus Heaney started to become the poet. So we 
Still on the M1, we're about uh, 35 minutes into our journey. I've just seen 20 minutes to Newry, um, which, which, which is very the closest town to the, to the border, closest city to the border, should I say. The road is just rising, and I think this is where the army checkpoint used to be. Uh, I always thought that was the border. Uh, when I was growing up, because uh, it was that's where the that's where the army were, uh, but in fact it was still north of the actual border, and it's very strange now driving it because you can see no trace of it at all. While demilitarisation was going on, you would have seen on the hills. We've got hills just again to the to the right of the road here, and you would have seen the British Army watchtowers which remained for a number of years. I think they weren't finally dismantled until around about 2006. The British Army watchtowers, I think there were a maximum of 10. They claimed to have 96% coverage of this part of the border area of Northern Ireland in South County Armagh and Down see it right ahead of me now there's a little road cut into the hillside and facing that was where the army would have been in fact they would have straddled the road just driving through what looks like a natural barrier of of hills we're going to be leaving the old province of Ulster of course Northern Ireland is six counties and they are six counties of the nine counties of the province of Ulster Sometimes Ulster is used as though it's synonymous with Northern Ireland, but it's, uh, it's not. Uh, the administrative region of the United Kingdom, known as Northern Ireland, uh, is just those six counties of the, of the nine Ulster ones. So Cavan, Monaghan and Donegal uh, are in the Republic of Ireland. In the south, even though Donegal is further north than all of Northern Ireland, figure that one out we're now closing in on the border itself uh, so I'm just looking at this is what my, what my children uh, loved to do when we were driving south was to look for the, the moment when they, the road signs changed and we're just about to cross the border because I've just seen the road signs change to kilometres and there you go we go from white lines to broken yellow lines and we're in the south and that's it and there's the sign that says, Welcome to County Live. And further down here will be a reminder that if we do get a speeding ticket, it will still apply in the north. So I'm going to go very slowly. We're going to take the next turn off, uh, off this main road. But that's it. Money changed sign. What I have found in recent visits around here... Um, and it's unsurprising, I know, is that the border is commerce. That's what borders mean. Money has to be changed. There are differences in prices and fuel duties. So at any one time, it, it pays to come and buy your fuel, your petrol in the south. Sometimes it's the other way around. 
I'm standing in Omeath, just south of the border, on the very edge of Carlingford Lock. And I'm looking across from the Republic of Ireland to Northern Ireland, to South County Down, um, to Rust Trevor and Warren Point. Carlingford Lock carries on inland into Newry. Incredibly large ships across here. Um, I knew this was a, a very, very busy port, but um, there is a fairly large liner in front of me and a couple of very large container ships as well. The border runs, at this point, right up the middle of the loch. Coming down here even in the, in the 1990s, you were conscious of crossing the border. When I was growing up, I remember coming south fairly often in my childhood, up to the summer of 1969, we went on a family holiday to uh, Tremor, County Waterford. I don't think I was south of the border again between then and 1979, when I was nearly 18 and went to Dublin with a friend. The 10 years in between, I would have been advised not to cross the border. came from a Protestant background. It wasn't the south that was the problem. It was crossing the border that was seen to be the problem. I had an uncle who was in the police, and any time it was mooted, going south, it was always, you've got to watch yourself crossing that border. I married someone from Cork. I was working down in Cork at the university in the early 1990s. We got married in Cork in 1995. And for a lot of my family, that was the first occasion that they had been south since the, the beginning of the Troubles. Equally, for a lot of my wife's family, they hadn't been to the north. It's lessening by the year. But there's still, I think for some people uh, in the south, there's still a barrier to coming to the north because of what it, the associations of the 1970s in particular. One of the things that uh, the very elongated peace process has meant is that traveling north and south has become much, much easier. So all the security apparatus has been dismantled. Um, you can drive very, very easily up and down and across the island. And the worry with Brexit is that there is going to be this hardening of the Irish border. It's really interesting to me talking as I have been in recent months to people living around the border. Essentially, you can't see the border, and yet the border exists and is an important part of people's lives. A lot of the border area, especially around where we are, the south of County Armagh, and again in County Down, a lot of the border area would be considered to be nationalist in outlook. But it was quite interesting to me talking to people, how many people said that they did have a sense of themselves as being northern. They liked the idea that the border was open. They wanted to make sure that it stayed as open as possible. Hiya, how are you doing? We're fine, how are you? Wouldn't mind a little bit of a chat. My name's Glenn. I've been um, talking about the border <clears throat> and about how, how things have changed in the last 20 years. Um, since the end of the trouble, since the Good Friday Agreement, and how maybe it might be about to change again 
with Brexit. You're from Newry? Well, Bestwick. Bestwick? Yes, but I don't think it'll make any difference whatsoever to us. Really? None. No. We'll just go back and forward across the border as we always have done. You're not worried about um, return of checkpoints? Customs. I don't think there will be a return of checkpoints. So I wouldn't be particularly worried anyway. I think mm. not, love. No. 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 Do, you, do you think that there might be, Gloria? I honestly don't know. Um, me personally, there's that much talking and talking about it and anything else. There's nothing else done. The way we are out in Bestbrook, I mean, we very rarely will be down over the border in the first right. place, but I don't think there'll be any change as such. Little or no change. Little they can't, or no. They can't be. I mean, be. They're not going to put man borders. They're not going to put stop and search borders, you know. I, so. I think it's hard for people that's in business, uh, lorries and... That's a different whatnot. kettle that's fish. That's a different yeah. kettle of fish for people that's their living. But I think for the like of us, I don't think it'll make a big difference. But I, I think there's enough roads across the border without coming... Um, one with a checkpoint. <laughs> you know that anyway, don't you? Well, yeah. I do indeed. Yeah, my my, my mum regales us with stories of uh, the smuggling runs that she used to yeah. do with with her yeah. with her mother in the nineteen yeah, forties. Yeah. You don't have to go through a checkpoint unless you're in business and yeah. have to be checked in and checked out. I I agree with you. I keep thinking it might be a bit like the Northern Irish peace process. They might talk about it for so long, yeah. yes. they'll forget where they started. On a personal thing, I think they should just have stayed the way they were. Stayed in? Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, I know I've said to you about going out and you said stay in. And, but I think there's the Ireland and it's in general has got that much money in grants and one thing or another. I think they're very foolish. Mm. For the north to be going out of it. Did, were, you, were you in favour of leaving the EU, Gloria? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. You can so say you, yes you if you, you want. Might, you, might, yes, you, you, might not, you might not have picked up the nod there on the <laughs> microphone, but that was a definite nod. Can I ask you, can I ask you why you, you were... my name. There's 42 glories. There's 42 glories. I honestly think this... Um, well, everybody's making all their own arrangements what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do and I think you should have your own laws in your own country that's that's me mm-hmm. whether I'm right or wrong I don't know we had very little discussion in the household because we don't discuss politics or religion in our household no we don't it, it's um we just let it go on by honestly because you, you would get into arguments very handy between each you, other you, no, oh, no, no no not between it'd not make each any other, difference no. us at our age no, one way or not it, it wouldn't matter. Um, yeah. it's just it's it's awful the way things are going I mean I know it was great for students to and fro in the different countries and all the rest but now I, I honestly don't understand there's not enough work to go around people there's not enough houses there's not enough anything so immigration would be a a large part it's of a the big thing for it's your, a big, for your big, big thing. The only difference the border is going to make, as far as I would see, is people going to and from work yeah. or people transporting goods across. But yeah. as for the ordinary yeah. Joseph, it's not going to make any difference. No, I, mean, I don't think so. You can go up and down the border. It might delay a wee bit if there's a build-up of traffic, but oh, yeah. not. Not bother no. us pensioners. Not bother us. <laughs> no. 
We're still on the edge of Carlingford Loch. We've come up a little bit from Umeath Town. We're not very far, but we're inland slightly. And the loch at this stage is, it really looks less than 30 feet across. The tide is, is very, very low. And uh, it does look like you could wade it and get across the border that way. Ahead of us is narrow water. And this is the site of, I think, the single worst loss of life by the British Army in the course of the Troubles in August 1979, August 27th, same day that Lord Mountbatten was killed. The IRA left a roadside bomb that caught two British Army lorries, killed a number of soldiers. The survivors took refuge in a gate lodge and... This was exactly what the IRA had anticipated they would do. A helicopter came to airlift the casualties out. And at that point, a second bomb went off inside the gate lodge and uh, a further dozen soldiers were killed. At the same time, the IRA, uh, some gunmen opened up from the southern side of the border across the lock on the soldiers. Soldiers returned fire and uh, one civilian was killed on the southern side of the border. The memory of it is still very, very vivid. It's increasingly hard to explain to people how things were here in the Troubles. Ireland was partitioned by the Government of Ireland Act of 1920 and uh, 1921. The border comes into uh, effect. My grandparents were all born in a united Ireland. The border occurred within their lifetimes. The province of Ulster has nine counties. When they were drawing the border, there was no secret about it. The desire was to create a Northern Ireland that had a unionist majority. To make a unionist majority out of the nine county province of Ulster, you had to shear counties off. So Cavan, Monaghan, and Donegal were left in the south and Fermanagh, Antrim, Tyrone, Londonderry, Armagh and Down became Northern Ireland. And there'd be people who would say Fermanagh, Antrim, Tyrone, Derry, Armagh and Down. When I was in primary school, the teachers, to help us remember the six counties, taught us fat lad. Fermanagh, Antrim, Tyrone, Londonderry, Armagh and Down. There's nothing natural about the border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. It is a political border. It is a calculated border, very calculated border. So we've um, just pulled into the Glenview service station, Truefit, just off the Dublin Road coming into Newry. And uh, we're just going to go in here and have a chat. We're very close to the border here, so we're going to go in and have a chat with the owner, Thomas Quinn. Thomas. Hey, sorry about that. That's okay. That's all right. So what was the problem there? Ah, I failed MOT. Well, failed MOT. Okay. <laughs> you, d- you didn't fail at having been here first. Did you have to get that phone? I'd rather get it, yeah. Yeah. Hello, Trufit. Hello. No, sorry. You're okay. No. So Thomas is the owner of the busiest enterprise <laughs> in, in all of Newry, if I not Ireland. <laughs> You're right on the main road coming in uh, to Newry. The border is only a couple of miles away from here. 
But first of all, how do you think the Brexit, the possibility of a hard border, is going, I mean, is it going to affect your, your business substantially? Are you worried about it? No. That was the longest question I've ever asked, and that's the shortest answer okay. I've ever had. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a genius. I didn't go to, to, to college or I didn't go to or school of law or anything else, but I can't see it making a change. We haven't had a border since '82, right? And it's worked fine. So why are we going to all of a sudden now have a hard bother? You know, there's too much depending on trucks moving on a road for the all of a sudden say, we're going to have a hard bother here. And we're going to close off the, way, the rest of the side roads and everything. I can't see that happening. That's the personal thing. What difference is it going to make? I think whenever it settles down that it'll be more the same. How long have you been in business here? Twenty, almost twenty years. Twenty years. So, mm. so when you when you started the business, the border was already essentially invisible, wasn't it? At that stage, the border was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The border had had been gone. There was no such thing as a border. Mm. Just the best thing ever happened. You know, like if you go back to the day, the times when Yuri had a queue from Club Bridge to Bridge Street for to take the trucks and they were double parked and travel parked on the road and you couldn't get up or down it and so on and so forth and every Dundalk was the same. You don't have any I, I don't particular so. fear that, it, that that's imminent? I don't think so, no. I don't think so. I think they'll fight and talk about it but then eventually come to an agreement somewhere along the lane and say, no, we can't do this. I don't know, Morgan McLaren, maybe 70 or 80 trucks running up and down the road. You know, they're going to hit a boat for 7 o'clock. Yeah. There's a panic on up the road there, you know, going at six o'clock, blowing for Dublin to get a boat. You take them on a border to stop them, each and every one of them on a border. What is the cost going to be on each lorry load of goods that's going to go up that road? You know, it's going to hold it back for two or three hours to get it checked in, checked out and so on. From a business point of view, would it be better if there was a single currency on the island? I don't think it would help. So it's actually, from your point of view, it's you're you're happy operating because you must pe- get people coming in here. Yes, ten euro. Yes, pence sterling. Yeah, yeah. At the minute, at this minute in time, when you see the euro sitting at eighty eight, you can see a lot more euro coming across the till. You know where people are. You know, and come and say, well, it's worth eighty seven, eighty eight pence. Let's go north and spend our money. But if you are going to make it a single currency, well, Everton will be the same price from north to south. There's not going to be an encouragement for people to drive from Dublin to Newry to buy their drink or do their shopping or anything like that there because there's going to be absolutely no difference in price. I can remember my father talking about, about uh, smuggling pigs across the border in the 1940s, like, you know, and butter on the back of a bicycle, like, you know what I mean? Uh, not a pig no, on the back of the bicycle. No, no. it hadn't a bit. Run the... the, the Walk pigs across the border. Like, I'm going back to when I was a cub, like you know what I mean. And uh, that was you're talking about the border. That was my father on a bicycle smuggling butter 25, 30 years before I was born. Do you know what I mean? And uh, people made money and maybe on the border and mm-hmm. people had enterprises and mm-hmm. you know it's still going. So the border leaves an opportunity to for money to be made. So whoops, there you. It's all gone off at once. I tell you, you get yeah. that from time to time. You, know you got them. okay. You got two phones Hello? in your hand, and there's still one ringing. There's, uh, how's it going on now? Hold on a second. Hello.
coming back into Belfast and uh, just coming up the Donegal Road onto the Falls Road. I was, I was born in 1961. My parents had lived in Canada. My parents came back at the end of the 1950s um, because they'd been told that uh, things were looking up in Belfast and um, there were jobs going. My dad got a job uh, in the shipyard. So Belfast in the 1960s, it was growing and there were a lot of housing estates being built and they were religiously mixed. We moved into one um, in the south of the city, Finnecke. We're on the Falls Road and we're very close to where at the beginning of the Troubles in August 1969, there were whole streets of houses burnt, huge movement of population. Catholics put out of their houses and to a lesser extent, but it still happened, Protestants put out of theirs. See these little side streets off the Falls Road here. Um, these would all have been mill houses. Uh, this was the industrial heart of Belfast in the 19th and early 20th century. The population movements in 1969 and the troubles of August 1969, I think of as more confined to the, uh, closer to the city centre and that Victorian Belfast. The violence of 1971, I associate more with um, the housing estates uh, further out. My housing estate would then have, people would have referred to it as a Protestant area, or the polite way was to say predominantly Protestant. Territories were marked out, so that's where you started to see flags, Union Jacks, what we call the Ulster flag in Protestant areas, the Irish flag in Catholic areas. And then all these murals were passing, political murals, celebrating the paramilitary organizations associated with wherever you lived. Places became marked out, the divisions became marked. You always knew where you were. What we're talking about are internal borders. So Belfast became a, a partitioned city, not in the sense that you couldn't move from one part to the other, but movement became more difficult and something that certainly would give you pause for thought. Even coming into Belfast city centre, there were streets I would have used um, as somebody who came from a Protestant housing estate or a housing estate that had come to be referred to as Protestant. And there were streets that other people coming from Catholic housing estates or areas would have used. This sounds totally ridiculous, but even if you use the same street, you might use the other side. So it, it was a, a city that had some physical and some psychological partitions. And a lot of those, thankfully, have been erased, but a good many, far too many, still remain. We've come full circle. We're back in the university area. It's been a very interesting afternoon, some really interesting conversations along the way, which really bore out what I have begun to think that we are all of us here, border people, in the sense that the border has been formative in our identity. Every election here is, in a sense, a border poll. It's about whether you vote for a Republican Party or if you vote for a Unionist Party. The border is at the heart of it. The border has become, I think, so much a part of us that it's almost impossible 
to imagine it away. If you take the border from the borderlands, they're just lands. The motorway from Belfast to Dublin, which can be driven in two hours, maybe would be driven in two hours. Why would you necessarily want to or need to stop, come off? So there, there are places that depend on the border for their continued prosperity and their identity. I wouldn't want to sound complacent because I'm absolutely not. And I have anxieties about what the future, the immediate future might hold and how this Britain leaving Europe, how that might work out. But there's something about the way people who live around the border talk that actually fills me with hope. And I love the pragmatism of it. I love the fact that whatever happens, they will continue with their lives, their businesses. And I love their faith in their own resourcefulness and adaptability. I would hold to that and have more faith in that than I would have in a lot of the politicians who are supposed to be managing this.